Hey guys, welcome to the Energy Feel Good podcast. In this third episode, I want to talk about food as a source of energy, our relationship with eating, and things we need to be aware of today in order to make healthy food choices. Another word for food is fuel. We stop at the gas station when we need fuel. Some of us, like me, when our levels are really low. We fill up and then we don't give it much thought until the next time, or until the little red light flickers back on. We see our food feel very differently and may be eating too much or too often. Eating is addictive and can become an issue if we aren't acknowledging our feelings, if we aren't exercising enough, or taking up any hobbies or doing many activities. Just flipping this switch can offer an awareness of our current relationship with the kitchen and the fridge. We must see food for what it is. It's a source of fuel, an aid to the body in our healing and the intake of essential nutrients so that we can experience great health. Great health comprises of a good mindset, a happy heart, and some forms of physical activity. And this is all easier through good eating, good digestion, and good elimination. We absolutely benefit when we see food as fuel and medicine, instead of a hobby, a treat, or a ward, or an activity to fill a time slot. Just because we like the taste of certain foods doesn't mean these are always good for us. It's so much more than just an activity eating, a tradition, or something we do just because we've always done it. When I was 21, I got chicken pox. I experienced the usual symptoms pre-disease where you just don't feel right. I know something's, something's wrong and, you know, something's up. And then, bam, there's a lot of pox and you're like, okay, that's it. I got chicken pox. Once the spots took over my life, I felt fine. Just a bit itchy and irritated because I couldn't really go out in public for a while. The issue came into play when I went back to work after about two to three weeks of downtime. I started feeling really claustrophobic, very nauseous, and just plain odd. I didn't feel right. I literally could not be in small closed spaces, like rooms. And when in them, I started to panic and sweat, and I felt like I was about to vomit. I had this perpetual nausea for weeks on end. It was awful. And although I thought it would get better, I eventually reached the I'm obviously dying stage and booked an appointment with with a doctor. During this consultation, he advised me to quit all dairy. I mean, what? Based on what? I mean, where did this come from? I tried it, but nothing changed. I still felt awful. After that attempt of cutting out dairy failed, a really kind friend gave me the name of combo nutritionist doctor and suggested I try her. With nothing left to lose and really keen to feel at least a bit better, I booked an appointment and went to see her. This lady changed my life. Literally, she was on fire. She took one look at me in the consultation and suggested I stop drinking as much carrot juice as I was drinking. I thought, what's up? This woman must be psychic. I thought drinking a veggie juice would really be good for me and help me out here. This was my first lesson on the impact food quantities can have on your body and even naturally good food. She asked if I'd been ill and after discussing my recent bout of chickenpox, she explained that often when we contract this disease as an adult, it can have a a nasty effect on one or more of our organs. And in my case, it obviously affected my liver. This explained the nausea and other poorly functioning liver-related symptoms. Finally, I had a diagnosis. I knew what was wrong. She drew blood, did all the 
tests that doctors usually do, and then asked me to write a complete list of exactly what I'd been eating, when in the day and how much. She analyzed this info and drew up a new eating plan comprised of a well-balanced assortment of whole foods and vitamins, minerals, and supplements. Okay, when I set my mind to something, I can stick to it with the highest levels of resolve. But honestly, I was feeling so crappy, I would have eaten a diet of bats and ants if she'd suggested it. The amazing thing was that in just two weeks, I started to feel fantastic. The claustrophobia and nausea had gone, and I swear I felt better than I'd ever felt before, even in my teen years. I was sleeping and wakening easily, I had so much more energy, I had concentration, I had added focus, I was even happier, more motivated, and more creative at work. The biggest shock for me was the indifference I felt towards sugary foods and baked goods like sweets, cakes, and biscuits, all the foods that usually tempted me while shopping. I mean, as I might as well have been looking at stones and sand when I saw them. This made me realize that eating the correct food has the power to not only cure health-related issues, but cut out cravings and basically reset our taste buds. Since this experience, I've never looked at food in the same way. Now, if I'm not feeling great, my first go-to is to identify where my diet has gone wrong, what I'm eating that is making me feel this way. I'm not a nutritionist and I don't profess to know everything there is to know about food and diet because there is a lot. But what I do know is that we owe it to ourselves to take our power back and change our relationship we have with food. We need to see food as an array of items available for our consumption. I guess options and choice. We need to work out what is best for each one of us to address our particular needs at individual life stages, four different nutritional needs, and embrace the availability of all these opportunities. We need to stop giving our health away by consuming any old food. We need to be much more aware of the impact of a poor diet and start listening to our bodies. Research our particular issues, find what works for us, and consult healthcare professionals that we feel we can trust because they help us and are genuinely committed to the role nutrition plays in disease. Above all, we must take responsibility for our own well-being and energy. We must establish a connection to our bodies through eating the foods that make us feel best. And in doing this, we need to be mindful of the following. We need to know that marketing companies are paid by food companies to entice us to eat certain foods. We don't have to believe everything we hear, and having knowledge about what foods are good for us will help us make informed decisions. What's actually in the food we eat? It's important for us to know what we are putting in our bodies. We need to get good at reading labels. There is an abundance of info on nutrition available, but this must not overwhelm us on our journey. We need to start small. Start by researching the different food types and the role they play in nutrition. Or if you're experiencing some kind of issue, you think it's just something you need to learn to live with, maybe research this. Find out what other people have done to improve or even recover from these issues. Nutrition must be considered in line with your level of activity. An athlete and a less active person will definitely require different quantities of food and possibly at different times. Older people will have different nutritional needs to younger peeps. As our bodies age, we find we become less tolerant to certain foods and this is okay. Just take ownership of these and reduce your intake.
a huge one, sugar is not only in sweets. The fact that some foods contain higher amounts of sugar is really important. Just know what you're eating, know how much sugar you're eating, understand the impact of too much. Salt is another one. Read up on sodium and how we only need a small amount for things like conducting nerve impulses, contracting and relaxing muscles, and maintaining the correct balance of water and minerals. Too much salt can actually be harmful and can lead to adverse health outcomes, including increased blood pressure. I read this amazing book by Dr. Michael Greger called How Not to Die. In this book, he, he walks you through the impact of a healthy diet and in such easy, understandable detail. He talks through a few cases of how people have changed their lives by changing the what they eat. In some cases, they not only combat the disease that they have, they reverse the damage caused by it. I would highly recommend this book to anyone. It's an amazingly clear summary of how we should be eating. And it's an ear and eye-opening account of what's going on in the food industry today. And in very, very concise, easy-to-understand form. A good diet is not just great for our body and all its functions, but also for our mental well-being. The impact that a poor diet can have on our mood is scary. There are stacks of articles and studies on this, and even our diet and our ability to connect spiritually is linked. When we are younger, we can eat lots of food and feel little or no impact. When we get older, however, we really start to feel the impact of a poor diet and poor food choices. Too often assigning this to the aging process, we don't need to feel bad as we get older. If we just start looking into the food that is making us not feel great, we may surprise ourselves by what we can learn and implement and in turn just feel so, so much better. We really do have the power to increase our energy through good food choices. We owe it to ourselves to get educated and to stop accepting what we have always thought as the ways things are. We are meant to challenge things, especially if they are not serving us. Here are some hacks that have really worked for me. The first one, reductions versus complete removal. Not going full hog, but slow introductions or phasing out certain foods. Very difficult to cut something out completely if you're used to it. So just cutting it down gradually and sort of weaning yourself off it is also okay. You don't have to stop immediately if you decide something's not great for you. You can, over time, go through the process of eliminating it to make yourself feel better. Secondly, intermittent fasting. We are actually supposed to skip the odd meal. And this allows for recovery time versus placing our bodies in a state of perpetual digestion. I started intermittent fasting. I was incredibly blown away by the amount of weight I lost, how I started feeling really good. My tolerance for foods that a couple of weeks and months before that I couldn't tolerate in improved. And I was really in such a good place because it just makes you feel so clear, so healthy and so vital. So I would recommend looking into intermittent fasting. It is, there's something in it and something amazing. The whole itchy protein debate. I'm not going to start preaching about a plant-based diet because I believe we're all big, and, big enough and, and wise enough to draw our own conclusions. But what I will say is we need to open our eyes here. 
I heard the best thing re recently. People were saying, I eat meat because I want to be strong as an ox. Ox, oxen, bulls and cows get their strength from a plant-based diet. So go figure. I honestly suggest you guys do a bit of research on what legumes are and whole grains. These are such amazing, such cost-effective food groups and they can make you feel incredible and really give you a whole new way of cooking. Obviously the importance of exercise cannot be left aside. Mainly to clean out our arteries and get our blood flowing. Not to become a world-class athlete or to run for your country. Do know that your body will require extra fuel though when you start increased activity. So be mindful of this and don't fall into old habits of maybe schnaffing a chocolate or a quick um, sugar fix to to feel energetic. Eat more of the good foods that you have been eating. Do be aware though that extra exercise will impact your diet. But exercise is so so good for you in whatever form. You don't have to become a marathon runner. Just a walk. Extra walking that you're not currently doing can be so so good for you. And it's really to get the blood pumping through your body because what it does is it cleans your arteries and it gets rid of stagnant old stuff in your body that makes you feel poorly. A big one is understanding sugar and how it has become such a large part of modern food technology. How we mostly eat like our ancestors but their food had so much less sugar. Also how it's hidden or left in plain sight of a lot of inappropriately labeled healthy foods. Like fruit juice. I've heard that in Hollywood when actors are bulking up for like a fat roll, the quickest way to put on weight and get fat is to eat or drink rather fruit juice. Who would have thought? I mean it's always um, labeled as a healthy thing to, to have. The sugar content in fruit juice is ridiculous. In addition, so much food companies are replacing oil in food with sugars. This not only makes the food taste nicer and more attractive and appealing, we buy more of it, but it's a cheaper way of manufacturing because oil costs more than sugar. Another one is the importance of resting to revitalize, possibly as important as exercise and refueling. Don't underestimate the power of a good sleep or a good relax your body does need time to recover and I know in the old days we frowned upon it as sort of lazy but you do need to take time out you do need to recover and as you get older you need more time for this lastly just a, a piece on self-bashing we start off with good intentions when trying to eat healthier and at the first mistake we give up and go back to our old habits it's so important to acknowledge a mistake, to forgive yourself and just move on. Just go back to the diet. Don't let the harmful foods win. Another cool thing to think about is the seven types of hunger. And there was this amazing article posted by the Mindfulness Project that just speaks about how when we eat, a lot of the stimulant is not necessarily hunger. So I'm just going to take you through a few of these points. The first one is eye hunger. We are highly stimulated by sight. Sometimes we see beautiful food and automatically feel the need to eat it. We're not necessarily hungry, but because the food looks good, we'll eat it. The second one is nose hunger. 
similar to eye hunger it smells so good you can't help yourself but have a bite the third one is mouth hunger when something tastes so good you just have to have more of it or have to taste it the fourth one is stomach hunger sometimes we think a rumbling tummy is a sign that we're hungry sometimes it's a sign of anxiety or nervousness and we just need to identify that and be very aware of that as well this could spark off a negative spiral of emotional eating the fifth one cellular hunger is when our cells need nutrients we might feel irritable we might feel tired we may even get a headache this is one of the hardest types of hunger to sense when we were kids we intuitively knew when we needed to eat and what type of food our body was craving but over time we lost that ability and through mindfulness we can get back to understanding what our body's cravings are and feed feed our bodies with the specific nutrients that that they need the sixth one is mind hunger um, modern society basically has made us very anxious eaters we're constantly influenced by the current fad diets what we're hearing about what's good for us and what's not good for us so it's difficult for us to understand when our body is craving a particular type of food with all the knowledge that we know about what's good and what's bad the mind is difficult to satisfy as it's fickle and will find something new to focus on if one craving is satisfied so just be aware of mind hunger and the seventh one is heart hunger when we're feeling emotional we're feeling a bit down we can tend to lean towards food so just being aware of how our emotions can impact our diet and what we eat they end off the article by saying so the next time you feel hungry check in with yourself and work out what kind of hunger you're sensing if eating is appropriate go ahead and eat try to be mindful of what and how you eat take in the aroma feast with your eyes and savor every flavor only then will you be truly satisfied hunger can also be linked to our five senses we see it so obviously it looks amazing so we want to eat it we smell it it's delicious we hear someone telling us how amazing it is so we also want to try it also how the food feels like crispy delicious chicken skin can feel really great in your mouth but not necessarily the best thing for you and then of course taste we know it tastes great so we just want to eat it i think the key is understanding that the paradigm of us needing to eat breakfast lunch and supper is no longer what people are speaking about I mean we do need to maybe miss the odd meal to give our bodies recovery time we don't necessarily always need to eat if we're busy in our lives and fulfilled in other ways eating becomes a refueling rather than a huge occasion where we sort of go overboard and eat too much and before we know it we we're uncomfortable we're not happy with ourselves and in turn our emotions are affected so i mean eating is a really really important facet in our energy making us feel either great or bad but easy as well to fix if we just acknowledge that we have the power to overcome any challenge that eating might present us we also have the information and the research available 
to find out exactly what is making us feel not great and what can make us feel so much better. I'm currently going through this documentary phase on Netflix. There are such amazing documentaries out there. And recently I watched an amazing, amazing um, doc on what the health. It's called What the Health. All about how food is changing our lives, how certain people are living with debilitating diseases because of what they're actually eating and they've been led to believe that they're actually sick and it's genetic hereditary and there's nothing they can do about it they're like literally shuffling around their houses at the age of 60 on crutches not being able to walk weeks later they change the diet they're outside again they're doing exercise they're enjoying time with their grandchildren and the, the, the common thing that everyone is saying is like, if I only knew the impact food has on my health, I would have felt so much better so much sooner. A second documentary that was really, really earth-shatteringly um, scary was that sugar film about a guy who decided to eat a lot of sugar to see what impact it would have on his health. And that is super scary, but really, really good to watch. And then there's a, a documentary miniseries called Human, the World Within that talks about our immune system, our food, our blood, exercise, just, just basic stuff. And I, I really recommend you guys watch these because it'll change your lives. It really, really will. So hopefully this has been interesting and I've inspired you guys to have a look at what you're eating because it really, really can lift your energy, raise your vibration and make you feel so much happier, so much more content and make you feel really, really good. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take care, look after yourselves and have a great week.